then. Tomorrow afternoon, it is 2.30, the CBS game, the Georgia Bulldoggies and the Tennessee Vols uh, and Ryan Callahan. Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter X. Also, go Vols 24-7. Hello, Ryan. What's up, buddy? What's up, Ryan? Not much. How's it going, guys? Yeah. Good, man. Getting your shopping done for Thanksgiving? Ready to go? Uh, yeah, some, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, <laughs> wife makes what the list and you here? do the shopping, right, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, that's that's got to wait until next week. It's a it's a pretty busy week up here. Even though Tennessee uh, Tennessee might not be as, uh, Tennessee fans at least might not be as optimistic coming into this week. It's uh, been a busy week up here getting ready for what's uh, what's still a pretty big game for uh, obviously for, for Tennessee a chance to play the number one team in the country. Well, you go ahead and get some early uh, Music City Bowl tickets for the Vols game there. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I guess possible, that was the, but uh, yeah, I didn't. Sorry, Music second, City second Bowl, trip right? To Nashville, yeah. I mean, second second trip to Nashville one year might be a bit much, but hey, I, I mean, they're they're certainly in that discussion now. At least after after Saturday's loss, especially if they lose again tomorrow against Georgia. What happened last Saturday? Did it, I I had a feeling they may be in a look ahead. Missouri playing really well in a focus moment. You got Georgia on the horizon, and quite frankly, Missouri was just a better football team. Yeah, I think the bigger part is the second <laughs> the second part you mentioned there. I, th- I think Missouri is a a better football team than a lot of people realize. I think they they did some things defensively that dis, that, that suggested to me that that this is a game. I mean, Missouri just did a really good job of scouting Tennessee, and whether that's you know maybe that required some additional offseason scouting, and they put a lot of time into it after being embarrassed by Tennessee two years in a row. Whatever the case may be, it's a good football team that had a really good game plan for Tennessee, and, and Tennessee clearly didn't didn't play its best. Uh, but yeah. I, I, I think that game sort of, uh, you know, exposed a few things. Uh, you know, obviously it showed how good Missouri is. If if their if their good fight that they put up on the road against Georgia the week before didn't show that enough, I think they showed they're clearly the the second best team in the SEC East this year. And then and Tennessee, I think, was exposed a little bit for, you know, some of some of its talent issues that I think they still have. I, I think that game kind of showed that it's uh, it's. Tennessee's still in, in year three of what, what was a long-term rebuild, and in some ways I think it showed that, you know, again, last year that was a pretty special team and offense in particular that Tennessee had, and just without some of those special players, this is a very different team that against a few teams, including Florida and Missouri, it looked pretty average. I think in Missouri, Missouri is another one of those teams that had enough weapons, especially on offense, to kind of point out some of Tennessee's shortcomings and show where they've still got to get better across the, across the board on their roster. Well, Ryan, you mentioned, you know, uh, Missouri having weapons. It was one guy that beat them, right? <laughs> Pretty that, much. That was, that was a big part of it. Yeah. Cody Schrader had an unbelievable game, but you know, what, what, what made it so tough, I think for Tennessee to defend him is who else Missouri has on the field and, and how they distribute the ball. You know, Brady cooks become a really good quarterback for him. He had a, a, a few really nice third down runs that, that helped Missouri keep some drives alive. And, and he's, he's tough to stop as a runner, because you've got to worry about Luther Burden and some of the other good receivers they have on the perimeter. Uh, so it's just a, a pretty well-rounded Missouri offense. They, they they weren't even top three in the SEC statistically going into the game. It's funny, but they're just they're a really good, well-rounded team, uh, and they've got you know again a, a running back that I think catches some people off guard with how physical and athletic and versatile he is. And, and Tennessee just you know I don't know if they just. Had a bad game plan for him if Missouri's just that good offensively, but they really just couldn't find any answers for Missouri's offense. And, yeah, Cody Schrader had obviously a game that, that they'll be talking about for a long time there. The, uh, Greg, you, you might be able to come up with a, a more recent one. The, the, the closest I could come up with 
uh, to a team doing that against Tennessee with a running back was Dexter McCluster at Ole Miss about 15 years ago. You know, it's been a long time since we've seen a running back just kind of run wild against Tennessee like that, and it was uh, it was it was pretty eye popping to see it see it happen and just Tennessee come up with no answers when they were had the number one rushing defense in the SEC going into the game. Yeah, and. You know, just I guess who they lost their what the the back early uh, the uh, the with the uh, linebacker who was it the uh, oh crap the slot linebacker somebody that that they lost early and I just thought they had really yeah tomorrow tomorrow yeah McDonald thank you very much thanks for the assist there appreciate it yeah I drew a blank on the name but (laughs) but apparently he's going to be back right he's he yeah he's banged up but I think he's he should be able to play this weekend so that's a that's a big deal. But Tennessee is banged up in the secondary now. Obviously, Kamal hadn't been out a few weeks. I think some other guys still banged up there. So it's just that time of year. Everybody's dealing with a little bit of that, and some guys are going to have to play through some of that, and, and we'll see tomorrow if there are maybe some guys who won't be able to play through some things. Nickelback to Marion McDonald is who he tried to say a minute yeah, ago. Well, yeah, yeah, thank good you very job. Much. Way to be prepared. Hey, hey, right. I was prepared. I just couldn't. <laughs> you just, I, just, I, I was yeah. slapping myself on the head to get it out of my mouth. Yeah, uh, Ryan, curious to know um, what you think George's mindset is is coming into this game because you know they got the East wrapped up. We know it's going to be them and Alabama in the SEC championship game, but. You know, if you're Georgia, you got to be undefeated going into that game because if things don't go your way in Atlanta and you lose a close game to Alabama, you're still most likely going to be in the college football playoff, I would I would guess. So, you know, still a lot for Georgia to play for in this one, correct? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, it, it, it's interesting because there's still some possibilities out there that could make it complicated for Georgia to get in with a loss in the SEC championship game. I, I still tend to think they would find a way to get them in with just a you know a close, a close loss maybe to Alabama in that game but it's at least something that's on the table because you've got so many so many one loss teams there in the discussion uh, that could that could make it an interesting race uh, if, if things don't change in the next couple of weeks so uh, Georgia doesn't need to slip up in a game like this because yeah then the SEC championship game becomes a must win and Alabama's playing well enough I don't think you want to be quite in that position so uh one, one interesting aspect of this though obviously georgia's coming off two pretty tough games the, the last couple of weeks they, they 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 really took care of business against Ole miss but that was a game they had to be up and ready for knowing that Ole miss was good enough to, to to challenge them and certainly missouri two weeks ago so this is sort of their third week in a row of get, getting up for what's a, a pretty tough game for them uh relatively speaking but i, I and i think going on the road too they, they remember going to auburn last month not playing very well in that game and, and getting tested a little bit on the road. So this is in some ways their, their, truly their second road test of the season. And I think they went into the year kind of having Tennessee circled on the, on the schedule knowing this is one of the games they would need to play well to win on the road. So I, I, I get the sense Georgia will probably be ready for this game. They got Brock Bowers back last week. That's obviously a huge deal. Um, so I, I don't think they'll be overlooking Tennessee by any means, even though the balls maybe aren't playing their best football and, and are a bit banged up. But it's still uh, a game, Georgia, it's important for them. And, yeah, they've got to be ready for the third week in a row to play a pretty tough team that's obviously motivated to, to knock off the number one team. Ryan Callahan, 24-7, Go Vols 24-7. Ryan, the ability to run the football, I mean, people don't realize with Heupel, I was looking at something that said uh, they've rushed for over 2,000 yards per year since Heupel's arrival. I think people would not uh, think that, right? Because the thought is they throw it all over the yard, right? And But Jalen Wright averaging 8.2 yards per carry in the the three wins in conference, only 3.1s in the three losses, and 
going up against the Georgia run defense is not as good as it was maybe last year, but still one of the best in the country. That scares me if I'm a Vols fan more than anything because they need to have that ability to run the football. Yep, and, and last week they got away uh, a little bit like the Florida game, it felt like to me. They, they sort of just got away from running it. Only 13 carries for Tennessee's uh, main three running backs, uh, Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, and uh, and Dylan Sampson. So that's that's something that obviously has to change. If you remember that Georgia game last year in Athens, you know, one versus three at the time, one of the most hyped games in, in years in the SEC. And Tennessee just couldn't run the ball on Georgia in that game, and, and, and yet they were still able to – sort of have some good numbers matchups outside in pass coverage where Georgia was able to keep Tennessee's receivers in check in that game too. Georgia's one of these teams that's, that obviously has the talent in the front seven on defense to just not not have to commit a lot of people to the box and they still might be able to stop the run against Tennessee. Missouri did a pretty good job of that last week too. So this is definitely one of those one of those games that's going to challenge Tennessee. You know, the, the first half against Alabama, Tennessee moved the ball well. Alabama was another one of those teams. They sort of figured out a way to stop Tennessee's running game or slow it down in the second half. So, yeah, I think that's a big part of this game. Tennessee has to be able to run the football. It's what they've done best most of the year, but in a couple of their losses in particular, that's been an issue. So they've got to be a little more consistent there. Got to stick with it more than they did last week. I just feel like they have sort of gotten out of, out of what they wanted to do offensively in the Florida and Missouri games. Got to stick to that game plan and be a little more stubborn about making sure you're getting the ball in the hands of your best players, which to me – are those three running backs. Ryan, how do, you, how do you think they'll try to scheme up to at least try to slow down Brock Bowers? Man, that's that's the tough part about Georgia. This is a little bit different Georgia team. You know, usually we think of them wanting to, to run the football first and, uh, you know, just kind of kind of uh, ground and pound it and, and then just go play action, and then that's where you throw to the tight ends and the receivers aren't always a big part of the offense. This has become a little more of a passing Georgia team. Carson Beck's playing really well really efficiently in the, in the passing game. They still want to run the ball plenty, but it's not, it's not quite the way we're used to seeing Georgia operate a lot of times when they have such dominant running backs. So they, they present some real challenges, and they've got weapons all over the field. They've got some good receivers, Ladd McConkey, uh, you know, a couple, couple transfers that have been solid for them, and, and just some good depth at that position. Uh, and, and Bowers is obviously the guy that, that uh, gets a lot of attention, but the, the – Tough challenge there is not many teams have great tight ends. They work in the passing game. So uh, I don't think teams are used to seeing this kind of matchup. And he's so athletic uh, on top of that. Uh, and you're, you're matching him up against safeties and uh, different guys. And, and you can try to try to defend him with different people. But uh, it just causes all sorts of problems to, to change up your defense to defend the tight end. So uh, they've got to be really, really good. And, and the reality is I think they know he's going to get some catches. The best way to defend him is probably just going to be to, to get after the quarterback. That's the big thing Tennessee's not done well enough lately. That pass rush that was so good the first half of the season has to get back to sort of disrupting things a little more consistently to me if they're going to have any chance in this game because Georgia has enough weapons with or without Bowers having a big game to, to throw the ball on Tennessee if their secondary has, has to sit back there and play in coverage for four or five seconds a lot. Ryan, By the way, bless, yep. you, bless you, Greg. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I was looking for my dump button. I just sneezed right in the middle of Ryan's. Uh, uh, <laughs> hey, Ryan Callahan is nothing to sneeze at. That guy comes on every week and gives us great information. Hey, Ryan, thank you, man. Hey, we'll uh, we'll skip next Friday because we will not be a we'll be a uh, all asleep on tryptophan. That's right, right. with all well, of our turkeys, as, as we all should. Well, yeah. well happy Thanksgiving in right. advance to you guys and enjoy the weekend. All Absolutely, right. happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, Ryan. Thank you, Appreciate Ryan. You. Appreciate you, man. All right, we'll take a break. Hey, we're wide open till the top of the hour, 615-844-5600. 
And now, Tennessee Heat and Air is reminding motorists to slow down on our roadways, keep an eye out for kids at play, and never text and drive. This message is brought to you by Tennessee Heat and Air. For all your residential or commercial heating and air repairs, maintenance, and installations, give the pros a call today at 615-856-3610. 615-856-3610. That's Tennessee Heat and Air. Going the extra mile for safety. They're professionals who care.